Uh, now, God willing, we will recommence our series in Mark's Gospel uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, for this morning, uh, I want us to consider a verse that is found in the book of Zechariah. So Zechariah is the penultimate book in the Old Testament. It's before Malachi, the last book. And in chapter 13 of Zechariah, we have in verse 1 some wonderful words. Zechariah 13 and the first verse. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. On that day, a fountain shall be opened. That's the emphasis. For the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. Now, we are rejoicing that the church is gradually being opened again. We're glad, aren't we, of being able uh, to meet like this. And for me, this is uh, a, big, uh, a big thing. But we're not yet fully opened. Uh, in many ways, we're very slow, and we have to be, uh, because we want to be safe. But I want to talk this morning about something that is fully open. That's encouraging. And Zechariah here, who was writing a few centuries before the birth of Jesus Christ, is talking about the gospel. That's what we're doing on Sunday mornings, uh, hearing the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And Zechariah is saying the gospel is fully open. And he's using this illustration that you often have in the Bible of the gospel as a fountain. So this is what I want to say first. Something has been opened completely, not gradually. What has been opened? That's my first point, if you like points. What has been opened? A fountain. That, that's how Zechariah describes the gospel, as a fountain. Now then, what have you got in your mind when you think of a fountain? Maybe you're thinking of something uh, ceremonial in a city square. Uh, that um, is spouting water. But that's not what Zechariah is thinking of when he uses the word fountain. Maybe a better word would be a spring. Do, do you know what a spring is? Uh, if you go uh, walking into the mountains, uh, you will find uh, the source of a river or a stream as a spring. And it's an unending supply of water. And that, that's how uh, Zechariah describes this good news concerning the love of God in Jesus Christ. It's an exhaustless supply, like a spring. Even when the streams dry out, as they can do in droughts, the fountain, the spring, is still going. I've got too many hymns to quote this morning, because our hymn book is full of the gospel as a spring. Listen to this. O love of God, how deep and great, far deeper than man's deepest hate. Self-fed, doesn't depend on you or love and mine. Self-kindled like the light, changeless infinite, 
eternal. Oh, what's a gospel? It's a spring. It's a spring. Now then, what, what are we told here? It's an open spring. What does that word convey? Well, to begin with, it means it's accessible. It's accessible. Now, a few summers ago, I uh, spent a day in my holidays on Plinlimon, a mountain in the centre of Wales, and I was trying to find the source of the River Severn. Have, have you ever been up Plinlimon? It's, it's just a vast wilderness full of bogs, and it's well nigh impossible to find the source of the River Severn. What I'm trying to say is it's not accessible. <laughs> Even though the Severn is the longest river in our country, finding its source on Plinlimon is definitely not something easy, even with a degree in geography. <laughs> it's inaccessible. Listen, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's so accessible. It's not a lack of understanding that causes people not to believe the gospel. It's spiritual darkness. You know, the gospel is so simple, a child can understand it. It's so profound, an intellectual can't fully comprehend it. But it's spiritual blindness that causes people not to see it. You know, when I started at the church, I used to quote a lot um, the testimony of a lady whose language wasn't English, but she knew the gospel. Jesus, he died. Me, no more die. That, that's how simple it is. This fountain is so accessible. And then th there's something else about this, uh, this open fountain. Uh, and th this is so, so thrilling when preaching about Jesus Christ. It's open in the sense there are no barriers, no barriers. I can see plenty of barriers here this morning. <laughs> it's quite a sight, isn't it? The red and white markers, uh, the different regulations which we have to have. Uh, it's not like that coming to Jesus Christ, you know. I spent some of my summer holidays exploring the Wye Valley. Beautiful, lower Wye Valley. And you could see the river and the woods and the meadows. And then you'd see a sign saying, no access, private. You wanted to go down to the river. You wanted to sit on the meadow and enjoy the view. But the sign said, no public access, a barrier. Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down. There's no barriers coming to Jesus Christ. Are you rejoicing in that this morning? We don't have rules coming to Jesus Christ. We come just as we are, as a sinner, praising God for loving sinners in sending his Son. You don't need a priest you don't need me to come to Jesus Christ. Uh, not that we can do it today, but I'm so glad when people come and talk to me in the vestry. You don't need to do that in order to come to Jesus Christ. You can come to Jesus Christ where you're at, 
If you're here this morning and you still haven't come to Jesus Christ, you don't have to come to the front in order to come to him. You can come to him in your heart. And you can do that now. And in a way, even as Christians, we want to come to him again and again, don't we? I am coming. Lord, I'm coming now to thee. So that, that's the first thing I want to say about uh, this fountain. Uh, it's open. It's a fountain. And then the next thing. What is it for? What has been uh, the purpose of this fountain in that day a fountain shall be opened for sin and for uncleanness what does that mean this is a fountain for cleansing uh, even with the limited knowledge of the old testament you will very soon come to realize that there is a lot about washings and it's not just about hygiene uh, it's teaching the people that we are spiritually unclean before God and we need to be cleansed. Now, there are two things here mentioned that we need to be cleansed from. I, I, forgive me for saying this again, but I, I said it once of, a few times before, but I, I want to mention it again. When I preached in um, an old people's home once, talking about the need to be cleansed. An elderly lady piped up, I already had a bath this morning. And you may feel, I'm already cleansed spiritually. Well, hang on. There are two things mentioned here. We need to be cleaned from. The first is sin. For sin. What sin? We use the word, don't we, a lot. What do we mean by the word sin? Well, what this means here is missing the mark uh, those of you who have done exams in the summer uh, is the pass mark 50 percent uh, it was when i was in school it was 50 percent i talked about god's rules in the children's talk what's god's pass mark 50 percent no 70%. If you get 70%, you used to get an A. I don't know if that's still the case. Is that God's pass mark? I've kept most of his commandments. But of course, I'm not perfect. I've done so many other things wrong. Am I going to be all right? No. Do you know what God's pass mark is? I don't know what A star is. Is that 80%? Do you know what God's pass mark is? 100%. Even 99.9% isn't going to get you to heaven. It's 100%. Uh, James says if we keep the law and fail in one point, we are guilty of all. We've missed the mark. Sin isn't just what we've done wrong. It's our very nature. Uh, Paul wrote to the Romans and he said, we have fallen short of the glory of God. We've missed the targets. None of us have hit. You need cleansing. I need cleansing from sin. The guilt needs to be removed. And then there's uncleanness as well. A fountain for sin and for uncleanness. What does this refer to? Not only do I need to be forgiven, I failed. But I'm polluted by sin. 
That's why I read Psalm 51. David now, right, was writing as a believer. And he, he was saying, as a believer, cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. By nature, we're dirty. Isaiah says, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Do we see ourselves as sinners? Even as believers, do we still say, by nature, I'm a sinner, condemned, unclean. In the Old Testament, <laughs> the people of God were visually reminded of this. Uh, the sacrifices they had to offer, blood was shed. The blood signified the removal of guilt. The blood showed that the wrath of God was satisfied, turned away from the person. But then it wasn't just blood in the sacrifices. It wasn't just removal of guilt. There was water brought in. Uh, if you would have been in the temple in Jerusalem, uh, the uh, prophets would have been uh, used to this. Water had to be carried from uh, the pools in Jerusalem into the temple. Imagine the amount of water that had to be transported. It was such tedious work. Washing. Not only the removal of guilt, but cleansing. And what we have here in this verse is God promising when Jesus Christ comes that there will be this removal of guilt, this washing, and it's not going to be tedious. It's going to be open, accessible. Uh, even in the Old Testament, there are other prophecies. Listen to Ezekiel. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Oh, it's no longer people having to carry all this water. It's no longer about sacrifices all the time. I will do something, God says. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Wonderful. God doing something. After centuries of preparing the way, finally something happening. The events, not just of the centuries, but of all history. This is what one commentator says. Sechariah foresees a whole fountain not all these vessels carrying water, not all these sacrifices, one event, a whole fountain of such cleansing fluid opening up, not just a sprinkling, but an abounding, flooding provision of grace, a permanent spring that's been pent up, now let loose. <laughs> There's an abundance in the gospel. That is why there is joy in salvation and it bubbles up from within you. When is this fountain going to be opened? In that day a fountain shall be opened for sin and for uncleanness. 
that day when Jesus Christ not only came into the world, but it refers to a specific day in Jesus' life. Now, if you've got a Bible, you will note uh, the chapter divisions, right? So the verse we're looking at is the first verse of chapter 13, and then there's a gap between uh, the verse we're looking at and the previous chapter. In the original, in the message that God gave Zechariah, there were no divisions, right? Uh, if you pardon the pun, there was a constant flow of thoughts. And so that day has already been referred to. Uh, if you look at verse 9, verse 9 of the previous chapter, it shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. The people of God that Zechariah was writing to, they'd been in captivity. They were now coming back to the land, but they were still not serving God with their hearts. They were backslidden. And God is saying, I'm going to restore you completely. And then he goes on to say, and I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem. A specific place, Jerusalem, a specific day, that day, that event, what's he seeing? We know, don't we? We're looking back at it. So many churches have a cross as a symbol. That day, Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, taking the sin of the world. And what I'm emphasizing here is this. If you think of the Old Testament now, and all the blood and all the washings, the guilt of sin being removed, and we are being cleansed, it hasn't really happened, but it's pointing forward to a day when it's actually going to happen. It's like foreshadowing uh, the substance that's going to happen. And if you think of all the pent-up water... <laughs> in the fountain, building up through the Old Testament. And then on that day, what happens? Jesus Christ is pierced. It actually happened. A Roman soldier pierced his side with a spear to see if he was dead. And what came gushing out? Blood and water. Divine blood. Removing your guilt and mine if we turn to him and water cleansing us and the water signifying the spirits the spirits giving us a new heart I will take away the hearts of stone and give you a heart of flesh oh for a heart to praise my God a heart from sin set free a heart that always feels the blood so freely shed for me one event, one sacrifice, by one sacrifice, this man, God-man, Christ Jesus, has perfected forever. Praise God, once was enough. We all know the hymn, don't we, Rock of Ages? It's, it's a well-known evangelistic hymn. 
Did you notice in the first answer of that hymn, Rock of Ages cleft for me, talking of Jesus Christ now as that hiding place in the rock, let me hide myself in thee. And then listen to this. Let the water and the blood from thy riven, from thy pure side which flowed, be of sin the double cure. What's the double cure? Cleanse me from its guilt and power. Praise God. As a Christian, here am I now. Uh, this is what happens when we are saved. It happens in different ways, but this is the essence. In chapter 3 of Zechariah, uh, Joshua, the high priest, is wearing filthy garments, and God does something to him. God removes the filthy clothes that he's wearing, and he arrays him in beautiful, pure, clean clothes. And that's what happens to us when we become Christians. It's not something we do. It's something that God does. We come, we come filthy. Uh, in Top Ladies' hymn, he goes on to say, uh, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. What does that mean? It means this, helpless, look to thee for grace, naked, Come to thee for dress foul. I'm unclean. I to the fountain fly. And what happens? I look to Jesus Christ. My sin is put on him. God forgives me. And not just that. God gives me a new heart. A new nature. I'm born again of the Spirit. And God takes away my filthy self-righteousness and imputes Jesus' perfect righteousness. Are you dressed this morning in that righteousness? I've got a new suit. But this is nothing in comparison to the robe of righteousness. Have you got it? On that day. On that day. Have I got enough time to read a quote from Pilgrim's Progress? Have I got enough time for that? When Christian comes to the cross, I've got the deluxe edition here, so there's a picture. I like pictures. I, there's a picture of Christian kneeling at the cross. Then was Christian glad. Are you glad this morning that there is a fountain opened for sin and uncleanness? And lightsome. Do you feel light? Because the burden of your sin has been transferred to another. And said with a merry heart. Well, we can't use the word merry, can we? With a joyful heart. He hath given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. Then he stood still a while to look and wonder. For it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his burden. He looked, therefore, and looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the waters down his cheeks. Now, as he stood looking and weeping, behold, three shining ones came to him and saluted him with, Peace be to thee. So the first said to him, Thy sins be forgiven. The second stripped him of his rags and clothed him with change of clothing. The third also set a mark on his forehead and gave him a roll with a seal upon it, which he bid him look on as he ran, and that he should give it in at the celestial gates. 
We can't sing this this morning because it's not a congregational hymn we've got recorded. What sacred fountain freely springs from the throne of God and all new covenant blessings brings. It's Jesus' precious blood. What mighty sum paid all my debts when I a bankrupt stood. And as my life in credit sets, it's Jesus' precious blood. I'm in credit, his righteousness. What stream is that which sweeps away my sin just like a flood, so not a hint of it can stay? It's Jesus' precious blood. Have you come to this fountain? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? One final point. Who is it for? Who is it for? In that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David. For the house of David. This speaks of the church. Isn't that interesting? First and foremost, this gospel is for you and for me as Christians. Who was the house of David that Zechariah was addressing? It was a backslidden people of God. I'm sure you know, backsliding starts in the heart. And the first sign of backsliding is we no longer have tender hearts. We no longer have a broken spirit. We somehow think that the gospel, yes, is important, but somehow we don't need it anymore. May that never be. Williams Pantakelin, Welsh hymnist. He says in Welsh, I'll translate it, a phenona agorwyd, the fountain has been opened. Dewch, ediveiriol rai, come repentant ones, those who are Christians. Dewch wythau yr infinid, sin methu divarhau, come at the same time, you who can't repent. Dewch chwi gafodd galon newydd, come those of you who've had a new heart. Come, you who haven't had a new heart yet. To cleanse every filth in the merits of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? What Williams Pantakelin is saying, what Zechariah is saying, what I'm saying is this. This fountain, this gospel is open. It's accessible. Whatever our condition If you're a believer, if you're not backslidden as a believer, if you're still repenting, come, come. If you are backslidden, then come. You know, if if I'm far from the Lord, this is what I need more than anything. And God heals the backslider, you know. (laughs) Our Father delights in mercy. I will heal their backslidings. And if you're not a Christian... Don't wait. Don't wait till you can do something. Come so that you, looking to Jesus Christ, will be empowered. That's what you need, power. Well, there's something else just as I finish. And Jerusalem. That's the best. And Jerusalem. In Zechariah chapter 12, the day of Pentecost is spoken of, the pouring of the spirits. Who were the first people to hear this gospel in the 
setting of the New Testament church. It was the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Uh, John Bunyan's got a book called The Jerusalem Sinner. Do you know what that refers to? These people who first heard Peter preach the gospel had been the very ones, some of them, who had cried a few weeks before, crucify him. They had been the same ones who, when he was hanging on that cross, had said, he saved others, can't he save himself? And this is how amazing the grace of God is. This is how overwhelming this fountain is. It's even for the Jerusalem sinner. If you feel yourself to be the worst of sinners, you can come as well. This grace of God goes deeper than man's deepest hate. Uh, God willing tonight, not physically, but virtually, we're going to be looking uh, at Jonah and the grace of God is going to be the theme. But as I finish this morning, we're so glad, aren't we, to be gradually reopening. Why? So that the gospel, which has been going out online, can go out here now. And this gospel is about something that is fully open, completely open. But one day, the door will be shut. The fountain will no longer provide anything. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to come to Jesus Christ. And if we have come, let us come again and again. And like Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, let us experience our burden taken by Jesus Christ. Have you come here with worries this morning? Our fears, our hopes, our one? Oh, brother, sister, cast all your cares upon him. And you know what the hardest thing is? And leave them there. Leave them there. And let us go out of this place to a needy city and let us tell them about this abounding grace of God in Jesus Christ. And we're going to be able to do that now, but not loud, but from our hearts, uh, by singing together. Today, thy mercy calls us to wash away our sin. Today.
Father, we thank Thee that we can say, we know, we know. And uh, even during uh, the lockdown, Father, we thank Thee uh, that we haven't lost our faith in this gospel, but that it's become even more clear to us, we know. And, oh, Father, we just thank Thee that we are in a gospel church. Uh, we, we're just so privileged. And we thank Thee that this isn't something to keep to ourselves, uh, that this is uh, a fountain. And we pray, Lord, that this fountain will bubble from our hearts and from even this building uh, and just uh, flow uh, to those who are near and dear to us and to this city and even all over our land. Oh, Lord, just hear us now and may the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>